and experience art at the Northfield Arts Guild. Visit our galleries, arts festival, and take in a performance at our theater featuring a full season of dramas, comedies, and musicals. The Guild's gift shop showcases unique art from over 100 local and regional member artists. Come enjoy music from the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra or the 411 Concert Series. We invite you to explore your creativity in one of our classes. All are welcome at the Northfield Arts Guild. To learn how you can be a part, visit northfieldartsguild.org or call 507-645-8877. Art Zany, radio for the imagination, with your host Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, radio for the imagination. Good morning, this is Paula Granquist, and you're tuned in to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Thank you so much for joining us in the show that celebrates creating and stories. We are going to tune our imaginations together today and talk about stories. I thought about this question this week. How many stories are there in the world? And I would suggest that there are an infinite number of stories. Some may claim that there are only a few story archetypes. Think like rags to riches or the journey and coming home or maybe beating the monster. Boy gets girl, girl gets boy. But within each of these story types, there can be changes to the characters, the setting, the order of story events, the style or the language, and each retelling changes something. Think about someone you know who is a good storyteller. They may have a story that everyone loves to hear and that they love to tell, but it's likely that at each retelling there is something that is slightly different. Perhaps the storyteller has shifted the story because of the new audience, or maybe they forgot a detail. Or perhaps they ramp up the funny parts, or they alter a detail of one character to draw attention to another aspect of the story. We can retell stories, but they're always informed by the present, our experiences, our vision of the future, our mood, or even our memory. Stories are endlessly fascinating. And when I was wondering about this idea, I, I typed into the, the, the Google machine something about stories. And the question that popped up on my Google search kind of drew me in. It's, will we ever run out of stories? And here are a couple of the answers that came up. Mark, who is a former scientist, is how he identifies, on Quora said, depends on how long humans last. While there's infinite infinite information in the universe. We don't need to know it all to understand it all. Eventually, our models will be good enough to predict anything we don't know. I thought, well, that's an interesting perspective, not one I had thought of. And then I guess Quora has an AI bot called Sage. And that AI bot (laughs) wrote, no, we will never run out of stories. There are an infinite number of ways to interpret and understand the world around us. And new experiences and perspectives are constantly arising. Additionally, many stories are passed down through generations and can be reinterpreted or reimagined in new ways. Even if we exhaust all of the current stories, there will always be more to come. I kind of like that hopeful one, I guess. It was an interesting, and I, but I didn't want to like what the AI bot said, but I kind of did. So that was another struggle I had. Thanks, Al. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I'm going to be talking about stories because there's a lot to discover in the world. And I think what we need is someone willing to tell a story. That's what is we should value is people who love to share stories and tell stories and write stories and act stories and be immersed in stories. So today we're going to revisit a familiar story and find out how this play twists the tale. So 
Joining me today in the Arts Any Radio studio, I'm welcoming Director Noah Schomburg. Welcome to Arts Any Radio. Hello, thank you for having me, Paula. It's an honor to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. It's your first visit here. Well, except for the time that I forgot. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> it is my first visit here in forever. As, as, so. as Arcadia, as Arcadia's that is true. Very art true. and arts coordinator. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having also us. Also joined by some of the students from the Somewhat True Tale of Robin Hood. We have Isaac Udelhoffen. Hello. Hello. And Oh, I forgot the N in my notes. It has an N, right? The end. Yes. yes. <laughs> welcome again. Thank you. And Jack Wolf, welcome. Hello. And we also have Willow Joe. Hello. Perfect. It's so exciting to have you all here. This is the Somewhat True Tale of Robin Hood, which opens up next week, Thursday, the 4th of May, and Friday, it runs for three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, May 4th, 5th, and 6th. That's at 730. That's out at Arcadia Charter School, 1719 Cannon Road. I don't know. Bob's not here, so he's not going to prompt you. Do, you. do you know what I'm talking about? Behind the Perkins is what he always <laughs> said. <laughs> Yep. That was kind of our tagline. Yep. We should keep that. It's helpful. Say, say that again. The, Will wa- it... the warehouse looking building. Yes, exactly. Yep. And it, But it's really easy to find if you don't know the school. It's it's amazing and it's a great place. I, I didn't um, find information. Do you know about tickets? Are they available oh. at the door? Yes, those will be available for purchase at the door. We don't have anywhere online for them, um, but we do have prices if you're interested in sure, those. Cool. Yeah, Just all right. get that out of the way awesome, so we can awesome. have fun. So, um, student, uh, student admission will be $3. Adult admission will be $7. And senior admission will be $5. And that will be just at the door. Perfect. So that's uh, And so this is a, a production for families, I would assume? Yes, absolutely. Perfect. So now that we've got all the details out, let's talk about the fun stuff. I want each of you <laughs> to sort of introduce yourselves, maybe your uh, theater experiences, tell us a little bit about your world so people can get to know who you are and uh, a little bit of your connections to Arcadia. So we'll start with you, Noah. All right. Well, thank you. Um, so I, my name is Noah Schomburg. I am the visual and performing arts teacher at Arcadia Charter School, and um, it is my first year teaching and my my first year directing so it's been an incredibly exciting experience. It's been wonderful to work with such a talented group of people, and I am very excited to share uh, everything that we can about this show with you guys. Um, but I will, I'll pass it on to Isaac. Sure, that's great. Tell us a little bit about yourself so people can get to know you. Yeah, hi, um, I'm Isaac. I've been on, I was trying to count, this is my fourth time on? I, you'll know, because I, I, you've done a lot of shows over the years. Yeah. Um, I've done shows at the Guild and Arcadia, um, and yeah, I'm trying out a new role in this production. I'm kind of doing the sound design, uh, aspect, which has been fun. Um, and are you a senior this year? I am a senior this year. Do you know your plans for next year? Yeah. Um, I will be attending Columbia College Chicago. Um, exciting. For some theater design, technology sort of stuff. Bravo! Yeah, That's you. very exciting, yeah. and I'm thrilled to have you back. Thank yeah. you for being here. Can't wait to find out more about that sound, because that's a really fascinating piece of any production. <laughs> Sometimes folks don't realize without it, you can't really do a show. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, like we've talked about before, both the, the crew and the cast are you know, equally uh, pertinent to the production. So, Especially this one requires a lot of goofy sound effects. So. <laughs> and it probably keeps you on your toes. We then. need someone on top of their game. Yeah. And next we have uh, Jack. Tell us a little uh, bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm Jack Wolf. Uh, I'm a sophomore. I've been involved in theater since I was very young at 
mostly the guild and also Arcadia. Um, I don't know. I really love theater and yeah, I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> sure. And, and you said you're a sophomore yeah. and uh, you've done a lot of productions in the past, um, yeah. both, if I recall, technical and uh, on stage. I've done mostly on stage, but I did do a couple of technical roles. Mm-hmm. So it's great to have all this experience and to have you here. Thank you for being here. And Willow Joe is also joining us. Yeah. Um, I'm a junior at Arcadia. Um, I have mainly done, like, m- most of my performances have been in, actually all the performances where I've been on stage um, have been school productions. Um, but I have also been a technician for Purple Door a couple of times. Um, and uh, for this show, I am an onstage actor. That's exciting. Is that a first? Uh, No. No. Okay. It's, yeah. But it's, it's, I only, I only do my acting um, uh, during school performances. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You never know. You never know. I've had a lot of people on the show who come back to theater because, you know, after years because they miss, miss that um, connection and there's some great community theaters. And so there's, there's always opportunities. And that's one thing, Noah, you are really, um, this is your first directing experience, but you are uh, blessed with a a talented crew who has many experiences. And uh, so how did the show get picked? How did the show get picked? Well, I, um, I I walked into Arcadia. They said, this is your desk. Here are all the scripts that you have to choose from. I looked through all of them. I went, ooh, these aren't funny enough. And then I found The Somewhat True Tale of Robin Hood. I went, this one's funny. So I picked it out, and uh, that is that was the, the story of how it was chosen. And then once I started reading through it, I was like, oh, I have. And I started having, you know, actors and, and students pop into my head for, for some of these parts. And I just... The more I read the script, the more I fell in love with it. And um, it is goofy, and it's it's accessible. It is a family-friendly performance by all means, but um, it does have sort of a Monty Python, Mel Brooks-ish quality to it that will make it extremely enjoyable for older audiences as well, which probably sounds like blowing smoke, but um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really a wonderful performance, and it's great that it manages to be able to uh, incorporate both of those styles of comedy. Right. And, and for you, uh, one thing I was excited to learn is that um, Bob Gregory Bjorklund is, is, has stayed on as an arts mentor. Yes. And so yes. He's, he's often been a part of the show. So mm-hmm. hi, Bob, if you're listening. We all... <laughs> Hello, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's been a, a, probably a great experience because his theater uh, background is be- you know, extensive. And so uh, what are some of the things that he told you about going into this well, I mean, he's been like my, you know, one of my mentors and personal heroes since I was like six years old. Uh, like he, I remember taking theater classes with him and it was, uh, it was an amazing experience. So the opportunity to get to work with him in a professional capacity is, um, it's amazing. And mm-hmm. I, I could not ask for a better mentor. So it's been a really wonderful experience um, because we, the, the more that we talk, I'm like, oh, we have, we have similarities in, in management styles and he's just been extremely helpful and, um, you can tell how much he cares about his students. And I think that more than anything is something that I'd like to try to emulate. Mm-hmm. Cause he was really great at that. 
That is absolutely true. And this, this, however, is the somewhat true tale of Robin Hood. (laughs) And so I want to ask, how much did you know about Robin Hood prior to coming in to the show? And what were you thinking? And then when you heard the title that it was a somewhat true, where'd your mind go? Let's start with Isaac. I think my first, my first time seeing Robin Hood was probably the Disney where they're all animals and Robin Hood's a fox. Yeah. Um, I think I like binge watched that like a ton of times when I was little, <laughs> um, just because like the music and uh, the animation style and just how colorful and and fun everything is is really appealing. Um, and then I think the most recent addition to my Robin Hood knowledge would be Robin Hood Men in Tights, the Mel Brooks movie, <laughs> um, which is a classic and is some really f- funny stuff. Um, but then, yeah, it's it's just kind of been like the classic Robin Hood story mm-hmm. um, with the Mel Brooks twist. and yeah, That's a- an amazing. And I think, was it you, Willow Joe, when we were talking ahead of time, this was not a familiar story to you. Yeah. I've 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 understood the idea of Robin Hood. I feel like a lot of people get the you know steal from the rich, give to the poor thing. Right, that's usually the first yeah, line that everybody comes everyone up with. everyone knows. <laughs> um, but uh, other than that, I don't really know too much of the actual story. Um, I can kind of pick up from. Our our show is not a really good source for it, but I can <laughs> I can I can pick up from the script what might be actually from the story, and and I I've kind of put it together and um somewhat at least. Somewhat. The bowling is the bowling is not part of the original yeah, story. I, I just, yeah, I, I figured. I, I, figured. Is it? I did Let see you know that now. in the description, oh, no. and I thought, oh, they bowl. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's bowling. Um, <laughs> Which is in the forest. Which we need our, yes, uh, our wonderful sound designer for. We need a lot of uh, sound effects of bowling pins being knocked down. So, so yeah, uh, Jack, has this yeah. changed anything you, you feel about Robin Hood? Or, or, uh, <laughs> I don't, I've never seen Robin Hood, but I acted in it as like my first big play. And so I don't really remember the main story. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a twist. <laughs> Um, like you have your very classic story, but there is also your like just super inflated, like funny parts that are like already in there. Like Robin Hood is a hard story to take completely seriously. And this just completely inflates all of the like Robin has a giant ego and all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So hyper everything is is accentuated and exaggerated, which a lot of good comedy comes from. And this one definitely sounds like a, it's going to be a funny show. Yeah. Well, when you're talking about, right, ex- like exaggerating stories and retelling them in new ways, it's uh, like, right, it's necessary because people, a lot of people are familiar with the original tale of Robin Hood. So, you, right, you have to tell it in a, a new way that hasn't been done yet. So they have a very fun way of doing that. And one of those ways is inflating all the characters to this ridiculous degree. Yeah. But they still they still have the heart of, of, of what it's about. There's There's some moments where they take a... They take a moment to breathe or have a beat of, you know, genuine interaction. And that's really nice, too. Yeah. And that's one thing I wanted to explore with all of you is, you know, we know, like you said, it, you know, uh, steal from uh, from the rich to give to the poor is kind of the, the tagline, if you would, of a story that, that everybody knows. And, you know, it follows if, if the, the noble thief as he woos the beautiful maid Marion, of course, is another part of the story and thwarts the evil sheriff of Nottingham. And but. You know, 
how do you tell a new version? And I'm, I'm so curious about what are the things that have to stay in order for you to be able to call it Robin Hood and to sort of, you know, I, I think you, you hit on something really essential, the heart, right, of the story. And so I, I just love to hear your thoughts on that idea. How do you make it anew but keep it so that it still can hold its classic elements? As long as he has red, as as long as he has green tights, it's the same story. <laughs> so a character in green tights <laughs> no. instantly uh, that that you know that, I mean that really could be true because <laughs> there's not another you know character that I can think of. That, true. That, that there may be some out there, but Peter Pan. That is, that's a really good. Question. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> what did you say? Peter Pan. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, but he's definitely not uh, Robin Hood. He's definitely no. not Robin Hood. He's no. got his own little thing going for him. What's interesting about this? telling of the story as the kind of the idea of ego and how uh like the classic robin hood stories like he robs the rich gives to the poor he's this is this kind and selfless individual that mm. that does all this uh for right, the community he's altruistic and it's um, all about and in this story he is a really awful person <laughs> um but like yeah just like it's it's all very self-centered and it's about him but um the throughout the story he becomes comes aware of how um having help from friends and and working with others kind of changes his mindset mm. um i f- and i feel like i mean i would love to hear you guys weigh in on this i feel like that really strengthens the story because initially if he's just this benevolent you know kind-hearted force for good the entire time there's no character growth there's no like actual arc and here he has a nice parallel with Prince John because he's very vain too. So they have this interesting chemistry, but then Robin actually has to have that moment of growth, which, and again, this is just to me, mm-hmm. uh, but that's that's a little more compelling than just having to be this altruistic figure that doesn't change or, you know, evolve the entire time. And, and some of that comes from, probably from the myth of, of Robin Hood, right? That, that yeah. that's what got carried on was the idea of what we're going to disperse our resources in a more equitable way. And mm. this is the way we're going to do it. And, you know, nobody ever focuses on the stealing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like maybe that, you know, it's a good idea, but maybe the, the methodology is not yeah. yep. <laughs> something to, so I, I just find this idea of, of wondering you know, uh, I, I'll ask about Sherwood Forest, which to me feels like that, like that you have the, I guess you could set it someplace else, but then there's something about that that feels essential to me, but maybe that's just because that's the way I've heard the story. I don't know. Yeah. Any yeah. thoughts, Jack? I think the whole like idea of Sherwood Forest is a very like familiar name. And so it helps you draw, like helps draw you into the story. Even like, if you're not sure, like, are you watching a play and you don't know if it's Robin hood is Sherwood forest there? Like, <laughs> True. Right. Setting is a part that people don't really think about, but it's so very important. And Sherwood forest is such a recognizable name in like literature and plays that people think, Oh, Sherwood forest, Robin Hood and his merry men. And all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So there's an ins- instantly gives you, so you need some of those elements to sort of flag, Hey, this is where we're going. Uh, and then, you know, in the characters, too, who who do you think is essential or or who who is in your play and who isn't maybe is, a, is another way we could could look at it that that you would recognize or not recognize? Um, well, you got uh, Prince John, who uh, is the, the king's younger brother that when the king goes away, he comes to play. Um, <laughs> and you have the sheriff of Nottingham. So he's in there. Yep. Um, and you got Lady Marion, the the classic love interest who in our show is 
is uh is a very fun interpretation of Lady Marian. I I'm very curious. Yeah. I would imagine that given the tone that I'm understanding <laughs> that this may yeah, be surprising. Uh, <laughs> anyone have any fun thoughts on um if, if well, you, we we can we'll, if, we'll continue we can if keep you going saw if you saw the complete works of William Shakespeare last year and yes. if you enjoyed the performance I, of Ophelia Okay, I'm bracking my brain. Okay. Lots of screaming. There was a water. Yes. Yeah. Connor Bourne reprises his role as the woman. woman. (laughs) I was so close. I was looking for a little bluebird to give him to to rest on his finger for all of his scenes. Oh, that would have been good. I know. We have a rose, though, so don't worry. Okay. There'll be another cue to us Mm -hmm. in the audience. Exactly. He has a beautiful dress. He does. It really is. And a petticoat. We don't yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen one of those in a long time, right? That's... And I, yep. and I got a wig and a headband at Party City. So a lot of this <laughs> this show was <laughs> sponsored by not sponsored by funded by huh. was funded by yeah, it was it was purchased at Party City and sure. the dollar store. Sure. Mm-hmm. And Menards. They're really convenient resources for putting on a show. <laughs> well, and that's that's what you do, right? You get to to put it. So so let's talk about your um, version and tell us about your role in this production again, folks. If you're yeah. tuning in, this is Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. I'm Paula Granquist here with folks from the somewhat true tale of Robin Hood. We have director Noah Schomburg and uh, participants in the production. I, I'm going to learn in a minute what their their roles are. Um, Isaac Udelhoffen, Willow. Joe and Jack Wolf. So tell us who wants to jump in and, and uh, share with uh, how how are you a part of this production? Um, well, I have the role of Little John, mm. um, which you know, as I've said before, I don't. I'm not really familiar with the story of Robin Hood, but I feel Little John is a pretty uh, strong character in that. And there's some uh, a little bit of like the Merry Men are kind of as a group together. And so Little John is just kind of one of them. Um, but, yeah, I get to be Little John. And and you mentioned that that's the king's... No. no. So there's, there's, Prince, there's, there's Prince John. There's Prince John. There are two Johns And then there's Little show. John. Okay. John. Yeah. John's a very it's, popular it's name. It's a wild ride. Oh, Who, gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. And it's medieval England. Everyone's got to be named John. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. So John you are part of the, the a band of, of merry men. So that's a part of your show as well. Yes. And... There are... Two other merry men besides Little John, and, and I, we also have Friar Tuck. Now, what I read in the description was that there are merry men. This this is the quote from the description I got: a uh, uh, merry men whose collective IQ equals six. Oh, we did the oh, math yes. on that. There's some fun like okay. inconsistency here. What is it? Because <laughs> we said that. Little John's IQ is six in his character description, right? right and then on the right. back it says that their collective, collective IQ is, is, is six, six, which means that John <laughs> is, is the only one with an IQ with and it is six. Yeah. And I thought that was fun. And so, yeah. yeah, it's hard to imagine how you could get that. That that seems like so, a really low right. number. If your IQ is six, you'd be the smartest one in the group because you're the only one with an IQ. So. Yes. yes. Okay. Te- good test take. Maybe. <laughs> Indeed. In- yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And so that's got to be a fun role to play. Yeah, it's a really fun group. Um, uh, we have to be friends in order to make the dynamic kind of work because it's a lot of goofing around with each other. Um, we make fun of each other a lot, and we have like we're we're our own separate like thing. Yeah. <laughs> and that that part's hard to teach, right? Yeah. Like there is a, there's you are genuinely friends with the people in the, yeah. the group of merry men, so that kind of shines through and i think that's really fun to watch because when you're talking about the heart of the show 
you need you need to be rooting for the merry men. You need you need to know that they're friends and that they're having fun together. Otherwise, you know, you're not invested. So it has been really great watching them, you know, build that bond and then perform it. Well, that is interesting because it brings up a question about directing then that you've got to get that chemistry to, you know, that yeah. exist within the people who are playing the characters and then have it come through. Because that's, like you said, that's when the audience buys into your story is if they feel that connection or that uh, they have somebody to root for. And yeah. so how, how have you been doing that? Like even, even, well, all the characters have to have some element of that. Yeah. Well, weirdly, that was like the easiest part for me um there there have definitely been challenges putting on this show but that came pretty naturally because uh you know the things we talked about earlier with just the cast being so talented it it helped to it helped to know them a little bit like just you know icebreakers getting to know people around the school having experience with them in the past things like that but um once i had kind of gotten an idea of what their comedic styles were it was a whole lot easier to find um places where i felt like they're their abilities would be able to shine. So um, it's been fun watching that develop. Mm-hmm. And, and let's hear about your role, Jack. Uh, I'm playing two roles. Uh, one of rich man who's uh, some guy with a lot of money who Robin takes. Uh, I have <laughs> one of those bags that like looks like you just robbed a bank with the money sign on it, and it's my favorite prop ever. <laughs> I got it at Halloween Express like three months before we did auditions. <laughs> Oh, that's it. Yeah. Um, and I'm also playing the lady in waiting who's the assistant to Maid Marion, who is terribly overdramatic about everything <laughs> and screams a lot. <laughs> I, and I love that. What, what it reminded me of is how important, um, especially when you're doing a comedy and you've got a, a, lot, a large cast, that you need the audience to go instantly recognize, oh, that's the rich character right and yeah. so you've got the yeah. big dollar sign on the bag yeah, yeah. And, and so that's a, a fun part of the show too it's, doing those props yeah yeah it's been it's been like doing a looney tunes episode in terms of <laughs> in, in terms of props specifically it's the things that we've had to make are ridiculous but we have a giant mallet yep a giant but mallet in a way it's freeing like that was part of the thing when i was reading the script i was like oh my gosh it is so rare to get the chance to do something like this creatively where you look at the sheriff of Nottingham, you're like, oh, they're wearing like an eye patch and like black spiky boots, and like it's just you're like, oh, of course, like it's so on the nose uh, <laughs> that it's it's been really fun to orchestrate that because there are times when they deviate from the classic like Robin Hood, you know, like story, but when they do, I find that it's much funnier because you, they've established it. Like they're like, oh, it's very like you know who's who, you know what their their motivations and their aspirations are, so. When they take a moment to break from it or do something new or funny, that hits a little harder. And maybe that's why we keep reinventing it um, is because we we want to hear that good story, but we can't just keep seeing the same thing a hundred times again because we probably wouldn't come. But now that we know that there's a giant mallet and a bag <laughs> with a dollar sign on it mm-hmm. and uh, all kinds of goofiness going on, we're, that, like we're ready yeah. to ready to to engage. That's why like the new Fast and Furious movies are taking place in outer space. They are. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard yeah. that. Yeah, well, they got like ten of them now, so they need to up the ante. And Isaac, you hinted to us about your role, but let's dive into what it is that uh, was sound producer. No, what's the? Yeah, so technically, it's it. I have a lot of titles in the show okay. because um, I see we're into titles. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a line from the show. Because. <laughs> 
in during the show there's communication and like the the character of the technical director uh is a character that's referenced to throughout the show oh um, so it's a little meta there yeah Some fourth wall break um okay. so technically that is my role um and i technically did do the things that a technical director would do uh for the show <laughs> uh so you could say that i am the technical dr- director okay. uh but yeah i um helped noah with some set ideas uh and um Set, most sound design mostly um, my role has been resources. sound sound design and uh coming finding fun songs to have and um lots and lots of sound effects um how and... do how do you track down sound effects that's a, a, an interesting question do you have to record them yourself or is there like an audio file app that you can go to i've been able through my search have been able to find some free resources online um some some things like we should have gone to a bowling alley and like recorded bowling alley sound effects ourselves because that would have been fun. But um, but yeah, a lot of things I found online. Um, and then I've been able to like mess with some effects and um, reverb and different uh, fun like panning and stuff. Um, to kind of make it an immersive experience, which has been so fun. during the production. I'd be curious about this because it's um there are cues right for you to know when but some sometimes you know the audience will laugh a little bit longer or the someone will sort of slow a line down or the, so the, the timing might be just slightly different so how do you manage that with your uh, is you know is it a board the soundboard that you're using yeah tell us the technical stuff um so i some sound effects i'm doing live um which is really helpful because then like if there's like a bonk uh, if someone gets hit on the head, um, I'm just like on the side of the stage with like a mallet and and a tube and just go bonk. Um, <laughs> Timing it right. Yeah. Um, but I I'd say for like a show, I kind of got on pretty early in the process for like we're going to rehearsals and um, accompanying with sound effects, and so uh, the cast has been um, kind of doing a lot of the runs with sound effects early so- on. Um, is it is it like the music to the show in some way? Are you how does that that um, you know play into knowing like expectations of what's coming next yeah. and how you're figuring out the the beats in between and such? Yeah, pretty much. Like um, I there's a there's a lot of like music during like undertones of scenes that kind of bring the mood, and some things are during um, transitions so that's not boring. But like finding the happy medium between. Uh, like volume and figuring out um, well, what's too much of a sound effect, what's just right, what makes it funny when there's a sound effect, um, wh- when's a good time to have a, a rim shot for, for a joke. <laughs> right, we don't overdo it. Uh, we want uh, we want a rim shot, though. We want a rim shot yeah. somewhere. Yeah, that's a really interesting part of the show is putting that – and that's probably not in the book that – no, well, honestly, right. That was one of the things I want to be very conscious of. And Isaac has been great about that because he'll just write any ridiculous thing that I request. I'm like, I like that sound effect. I don't like it. Stop it. Do it again. Uh, so he's he's been really great and really flexible. Um, but it's I've been hard on because because sound design is, is super important. And again, with the technological literacy, like I'm not going to give anything away, but the sound mixing that he's been able to do and the things uh, that we've been able to have created for the show are are, are truly amazing. So. Um, yeah, the sound design is, is is something that's been going really well, and I'm enjoying the the amount of ambiance that it's giving to us for specific scenes. So, 
Yeah, you've got a lot That's going one. on in this show. Yeah. And I would imagine um, you mentioned that, that there was sort of the Monty Python-esque and the, yes. um, what was the other? Uh, Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. Bit. So, yep. so that's physical comedy sometimes. There's so much physical comedy. <laughs> so is that something that any of you have experienced before? And how did you, you know, figure, because I, I find that amazingly more difficult than just you know a, a straight drama turn over yeah. to these two um the the merry men are they do so much physical comedy <laughs> <laughs> it is we we have a lot of that that we do um i haven't i don't haven't really done it before too much um but it's like i kind of do it on when i'm not acting a little bit just because that's kind of the kind like we find it fun, me and my friends, to like be a little silly sometimes. <laughs> um, so a we, little, a little silly, <laughs> a little silly, um, and <laughs> so we have like a good enough like friendship where we're able to have that kind of humor um, and able to perform that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's very it's very interesting. Um, I get used as a table a few times, you know. Mm. Um, <laughs> Uh, get to be trees at one point. It's it's very fun. Um, there's a lot of running around and a lot of the a lot of opportunities for the bonk sound. You get bonked on the head. That's there's pretty a, fun. There's yeah. a lot of bonk. Yeah, and, bonk. and there's there's that whole um, you know when you're learning and playing and trying to put it together. Um, that's that can be challenging because things can go wrong and mm-hmm. you don't want anybody hurt and you but, yeah. <laughs> but you actually need to practice and you have to keep everybody safe and having building that trust. How yeah. you said you mentioned yeah, that, that the, trust is very important to have and like we we we've been we've been friends for like quite some time so we have that trust built up and so we're we're really open to like experiment how like to make a joke work. And we're very open with that with each other. Yeah. Um, I feel like the the whole thing about like being safe and like all like doing physical comedy and um, uh, communicating um, communication in a show uh, and like trying to figure out how to, to do the physical comedy is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like in Northfield and the different shows I've been a part of pretty much all of my roles have been I've gotten done a lot of physical and stuff i think i remember that about some of the things that you've done yeah um and what was what's fun is like when i got the opportunity to play harry wormwood noah came and helped me choreograph uh a thing and we have pictures of little isaac and and little yes. noah uh, little the, isaac. For, for those of you who don't know uh harry wormwood is the the dad from matilda the uh the musical matilda oh that was another show the, right the Danny that DeVito had a character. Yes. lot of yes. um physical action in yeah. that mm-hmm. yeah so that's another aspect and you you want to make it funny and but you want to make it the same every time yep and that's there's a funny a, a fine line there. It's like yeah. runs on clockwork, like on Broadway, and pe- like if there's crazy things, um, I was able to go up and see the play that goes wrong in Faribault when they did oh it. Oh my gosh! A couple yeah. weeks ago. Oh, um, I heard about that. Yeah. But just like, ev- like so many crazy things happen. But <laughs> I w- I was able to see it twice, and like it's just the same every single night. And so that takes a lot of work to come together. Yeah. Well, well, they're they're really talented improvisers. So early on, I was I'm really encouraging them to be like, okay, yes, yeah, you know, see what makes this works. You are on stage with your friends, experiment with how to make this joke funny. 
Um, but when they do find that, when they lock into that, I have to be like, okay, like freeze, pause, save that because, <laughs> um, because you're right. When something works, when something's funny, you want to lock it in because that repetition is super important. Um, once you have something that works and that is funny, you really got to kind of lock it in place. So they've been really good about that. Yeah. What have been some of the challenges with put, we, we talked about the physicality, but there must've been other things in, in any production. There's always, you know, those either odd things about the way the stage is set up or props or um, trying to, you know, just uh, music movement, all those things. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, the space is shared by a lot of people so that that can occasionally make things difficult. And um, these, I mean, the the students, they're, they're working that, you know, they got full-time jobs, things like that. They have appointments to be at and they're all, um, you know, extremely valid and necessary. So just um, flexibility, working with everyone's schedules uh, has been something that we all have to be conscious of, but it's something that we've handled pretty well and they've been really great about communicating. And um, I just, I know that how much students can have on their plate sometimes and it can be overlooked by, um, by, by, you know, their superiors or their teachers or, you know, mentors, whatever, occasionally. So I just, I want to voice my appreciation for how much work and dedication and effort these students have put into this performance because uh, it's, it's really something special. Yeah. And it's, as, as we mentioned, the somewhat true, not, not almost, not partially, but somewhat. <laughs> I love that word. I don't know why that really <laughs> right. just kind it's of, a nice, yeah. yep. <laughs> it's a good catchy one. Uh, true tale of Robin Hood at Arcadia Charter School. That's happening Next week, Thursday, the 4th, 5th, and 6th. So it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Star Se- Wars Day. <laughs> <laughs> May the 4th, yes. Uh, and 7.30 is the, the time of the show. You can come directly to the show to get your tickets. Um, reasonable prices, $3 mm-hmm. for students, um, $7 for adults, $5 for seniors, and uh, no advanced tickets necessary. If you're interested in learning more about Arcadia, it's arcadiacharterschool.org. If you want to get some more information about the school, it's a, an incredible place. And I always love having these conversations. And, and is there anything we missed about the show that you want to tell people about the characters, the, uh, how, uh, what they can expect? Let's do uh, – what, what's one thing that you've appreciated from someone else's performance? Should we, should we close on that maybe? Is that, sure. Yeah, that, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Or, or some – yeah. So that's, that's something you mentioned to me that you have asked people to um, – as a part of your group process – to to notice and i think that's a really wonderful thing to be able to see what others like see the work that they're doing yeah i i think it helps them all improve as actors to you know be able to work as a group and appreciate each other's strengths as performers so give us some insight into the production by doing that telling us a little bit about what you appreciate about the show our prince john is hilarious (laughs) um noah uh early on kind of had his mindset on who he wanted to have um, which is Ezra Warren, who has um, done YPT and different stuff. Um, yep. yep. But just, like, the character acting and just, like, he has a voice and, like, uh, the com- the physical comedy and just so, so funny. So if if at all, that's that's definitely something that you should take away. It's something worth going to see, it sounds yeah. like. That's worth the price of the ticket. <laughs> How about uh, for you? Yeah. Uh, we have one character who's like kind of a narrator. He's just kind of there. He's the town's guy. He's played by um, Isaac Hunter, not not the guy here. Um, and they are just like so good and they bring such a funny essence to a character that isn't especially written funny. Like it's 
kind of funny, but like they have just made that character so funny and good and brought so much to it. And it's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. I'd say I, I love the performance of both uh, the prince and the sheriff. They are just, they have such a great dynamic between the two of them because they're like, they're like an evil duo and they, they work together so well and it's just, it's so perfect. And I love, I love that I get to like watch those scenes. I love, I love that I get to experience them as like in an audience perspective during rehearsals. It's amazing. And, and that is something that, that um, I think is, is really fun too to be able to see what other people do with the characters and to you know bring them to life and how how have you uh helped them to shape that how much input have the students had in being able to create that and and so when you're doing that i'm thinking about there is the the way it's written yep. <laughs> and so again it's we're back to that idea of story variations right yeah and and what keeps it essential and what you can take away and add yeah, well, one of the things that we wanted to be very conscious of was it's it's a funny script, but we didn't want to pile too many jokes in on top of that. So one of the things, um, and again, it was nice having an idea of what their comedic styles were, um, because I could you know pick what I would be interested in and in, in having them perform. But uh, I'm sorry, I totally lost my train of thought. We're talking about just how they created their characters. <laughs> oh, but yes, but, 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 but I think the thing that served the script best was uh, having them approach it um, genuinely. Because the lines are are humorous, they are written that way, but the really funny moments, I think, come from the bits of human interaction, like the awkward silences, the glances, the things like that. So uh, the script is written in a very funny way, but you need talented performers to make that comedy work if you just read them out of it. You know, out of a book, it's not going to play, but you need that that subtlety that they're all showing me. So... At this point, I I haven't been... I mean, I've given them specific little pointers, but I've tried not to be too overbearing in terms of character because I want them to be able to find it within themselves, which sounds a little cheesy, but I think that's the best way to make that process work. And Mm -hmm. they've they've shown me some really great stuff regarding that so far. Well, I can't wait as an audience member to see how all of this is revealed Mm -hmm. and bring this to life. And and I know, too, that theater is about... Um, there's just so much that, that everybody can take away from the experience and, uh, just every cast that I've talked to has, it feels like this is the most incredible experience each time they do something. Yeah. Right. And so I'm wondering what you're thinking about what you're going to take away from this experience. Is there a new skill or knowledge or, um, something about yourself or the, or the community or the group that you learned that is, uh, going to carry you uh, onward in, in whatever you might decide to do next, whether it be another production or just a job or a school. Let's start with Willow. Uh, Yeah, I love being part of productions, um, either behind the scenes or on stage. Um, I don't really, I might participate in some uh, other productions later on in the year and next year as well. Um, But after this show, I'll probably just focus on school and uh, job um, for a bit until a production 
comes my way. So you're learning juggling, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> to figure out all of that, yeah. which is such an important skill. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lot of things that yeah. I've got to do. It's yeah. fabulous. And that's, that's a great thing. That's I think that's one of the benefits, right, of being a part and, and, tr- and also trying to tell people why they should also participate in in theater. What have you learned? Um, I don't, I've never done a show that was really, like, straight comedy. Like, I've done, like, comedic shows before, but they were never, like intended to be like exclusively comedy and that's this is the first time I've done it and I've like really enjoyed that and I think I might want to seek that experience out more because mm-hmm. I I like doing like just comedy and not other things intermingled too so you learned yeah. something about you know, what you were capable of right yeah and see that I think that the theater is just so amazing for all those reasons Isaac you're mm-hmm. gonna it sounds like are getting some great experience that you're gonna take on to your college but what else are you thinking about yeah I mean this has been really fun to kind of to uh, tr- kind of try out what I'm thinking about doing in the future um, and it's been super fun to ha- kind of have some creative uh, input into the show um, with I don't know like different songs and sound effects and stuff um, but yeah it's just been been a good experience kind of like solo teching sound for, for the show. Do you get to this is an odd question but I was thinking do you get, how do you tell the school you're going to what I've done like sometimes you know if you're an actor you can have headshots or if you know you're an artist you can have a portfolio but what does a sound person do to say this is what I was capable of yeah um well for the school that that I apply to and that I'm going to um there's um you can put in like a portfolio of of your work so just like pictures show names what you did okay. uh, maybe like playbills or programs for the shows um and then, of course, references. So throughout the years, I've worked with so many amazing people that um, I've been kind enough to, to put in references and like letters of recommendation and stuff. So Well, it'll be exciting to see where you go from here, and I hope you'll come back and tell us about all those experiences because I expect that there'll be wonderful stories that you'll be in, in making for all of you. And I'm so excited that you were here today and, and so glad I got a chance to finally uh, reconnect with you again and uh, learn more about this great show, which is The Somewhat True Tale of Robin Hood at Arcadia Charter School. Folks, it's going to be a great show. I can already tell. Sometimes you just you get that vibe, <laughs> right, that, that it's, it's happening and it's, it's, um, we all need a good laugh right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, it seemed like they were ready for a comedy. So. Mm-hmm. so folks should put that on their calendar. This is Art Zaney, Radio for the Imagination. I want to thank my guests today, uh, Noah Schomburg, Jack Wolf, Willow Joe, and Isaac Udelhoffen for being here, and all the rest of the cast and crew of the show at Arcadia, because I think it's going to be great, and I can't wait to see it. I hope that you all at home always find some time to add some Art Zaney to your life. And of course, in the meantime, until next time, enjoy your imagination. You've been listening to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist. Art Zany is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault. The Paradise Center for the Arts is a vibrant cultural and artistic gathering spot in historic downtown Faribault. 
the Paradise is committed to offering high-quality visual and performing art opportunities for Faribault and our region. Regular events spotlight some of the best artists and musicians in our area and throughout Minnesota and the Upper Midwest. Our beautifully restored facility includes art galleries, classrooms, clay and textile labs, a gift shop and rehearsal spaces, in addition to a 300-seat auditorium. Visit ParadiseCenterForTheArts.org for a full schedule of events or call our box office at 507-332-7372. 